my god. I just... There's certain things in the NBA that make me just fuzzy inside. LeBron at least is a leader. Like, I respect LeBron. I don't like him. Odd it is. I'll take that in the final answer with that. Odd. If you guys could only see the dance moves I have for that opening sequence, it's pretty fire. Um, hey, honeys! <laughs> We're going to have to make that happen one day, now that you've said it. I'm going to have some, like, some, like, blooper reel stuff. Um, but new week of basketball. We got a new weekly episode. Uh, Jake, how has your basketball mood been lately? Raptors suck. So my mood's been like that. <laughs> what i was kind of curious about yeah. i didn't want to go like straight up into it but i, I was mean, just like i knew this i knew this season was gonna be a wash i knew that before the season started i didn't nobody could have known it would be this bad that they would get hit with covid coaches and players all at the same time on top of not playing at home like it's it's the season's a wash i i'm I'm over it. I'm just ready for it to be over so we can get a lottery pick and start again. I was going to say, do you want that lottery pick or do you want I, that chance to slide into the playoffs? I'd rather get the lottery pick. With what the Raptors have done with late first round and second round picks, if they can get a lottery pick, like I watch it. That's the one thing play. that Masai can't do is understand, <laughs> like already getting a good player coming in, being like, wait a minute, what? I don't have to <laughs> groom you. Go back to the go back over to Europe and then come back so I can say I'm I not I'm not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, Shay, which has been better, Oklahoma City Wi-Fi or Oklahoma City Thunder play? <laughs> not. Oh my God, oh. I tried to watch the game last that's... night. And gave up. So uh, a lot of giving up around these Oklahoma parts. It feels like so. <laughs> I think that's yeah. a general consensus. All three of our teams are just like, screw it. We're yep. done with this it's season. It's that kind of year. <laughs> this is yep. just toss it up. We'll see what happens. Uh, we, Wolves almost beat Brooklyn last night. We were down 16, and then we came within two, and then Anthony Edwards showed why he's just a rookie and yeah. missed a crucial free throw and did a crucial bad turnover right at the end. But – I digress with that. Um, so this week's episode um, is going to be revolved around three things. So first, we're going to be hitting up some of the uh, takes on the buyouts and the signings trends that has just come into form to make new super teams. Um, once again, the ring chasing scenario, but it's switching up a little bit. And then also to wrap up with some MVP chatter with it all. Um, so starting off, so the buyout trend. Which trend, Jade, is becoming worse? The buyout loophole for t players to go somewhere or the super teams? They're both really on my nerves right now. It's difficult for me to pick one because both of them have just contributed once again to a situation where who, who cares about watching the rest of the season? Brooklyn's going to the finals. The Lakers are going to the finals. Uh -huh. Like, that's not interesting basketball to me. Shay, what about you? No, Is, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Restate the question. 
I was say, which is which is better for worse for the buyout trend or the super teams, which is really destroying. I mean, the super teams is always annoying, and we're seeing that yet again, and that sucks because we're just they're like the buyouts is also bad. Like, don't get me wrong, it just like this year, especially. I mean, from us coming from three small market teams, we're really seeing where we can't even like root for an underdog right because it's yeah. only super teams that are worth kind of watching right now because mm -hmm. it's disappointing to watch these teams lose again and again and again and and then you even see a team like dallas that has a lot of talent struggle against these super teams so it's like uh it's just that's always going to be one of my biggest pet peeves about the nba as long as super teams exist not not big threes that's different than a super team but super teams are just so annoying well, and back to Taylor's question too, right now, the buyout market is kind of leading into creating right. these super teams, right? Because Brooklyn doesn't get Blake Griffin or um, who's the other person? Uh, Aldridge. Marcus Aldridge. Right. Aldridge. If, without the buyout market. The Lakers don't get Drummond without the buyout market. And it's 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 another one of those things, kind of like free agency. Like even before they they've cleared waivers, they know who they're signing with. Nobody else even yeah. like they they decide before they're even free of the team they're with. Nobody else even has a chance. No, it and there was I think it was today or yesterday I was reading there was a um uh small market GM that came out announcing saying that this is almost worse than like the big threes because now even more players are forming up right. and now instead of having at least like 10 good teams that you can put on tv it's down to four yep, yep. and so on that is that going to affect nba ratings then jade how can it not i don't know how it cannot like sure your la's your your new york and in even brooklyn you know brooklyn's gonna get a bigger and bigger fan base they are still in new york um I don't see any reason it can't hurt the game overall to only have a handful of teams. Uh, in addition to that, if you don't live in those markets, you're not watching most of those games. You only get the ones that are nationally televised. And then you've got all these other teams basically playing for scraps. They're not, they don't have, they don't have a shot. They don't have the talent. So like to watch my team play against any of these big market teams is like, I don't even bother. Because it's not, it's not going to be competitive, and that's not by any fault of any of the small market teams. Like, how how are you going to match up against Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Lamarcus Aldridge? Sure, he's old, but he's still putting up numbers. And Blake Griffin, who who he, uh, clearly still has some gas left in the tank. I um. So this is going to actually bring up to this next question, Shay. Are, is everyone kind of making a big deal, at least with the Brooklyn Nets signings? Because LaMarcus Aldridge is 36 and on the decline. Uh, Blake Griffin, I mean, every we're all hoping he bounces back, but he's still up in a question mark. So at least with the Nets, is this kind of an unnecessary anger? We're just looking at, oh, it's more all former All-Stars pairing up with All-Stars. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's a misplaced anger, but I would say that it's like a temporary, right? Because while our teams, for example, are trying to think long-term, while they might be failing at thinking long-term, they are thinking long-term. The Nets aren't thinking long-term right now. 
this the the current team of the Nets is not sustainable. Like it works for this season, but like you said, Aldridge. I mean, does he have two more seasons? Maybe if he doesn't like if he does well, Blake Griffin, like you said, is no guarantee. So it's like they're really taking a chance on a long term plan because say Blake Griffin, you know, doesn't come back. He doesn't really, you know, ever shine the same way. Who's going to take him? Right. Like, how are they going to trade him off again and get someone Mm. that could fill that spot that he could potentially do it? So it's almost like the difference between fast food and eating a really good meal and planning for it. Like most of the NBA long term has been making good meals, but Currently, the Brooklyn Nets are going through that McDonald's drive-through, and they are enjoying that McFlurry, and they are loving it. Well, see, and, they're drunk uh, with power right now. When you're drunk with power, I'm sorry, a late-night McDonald's run, the two-for-two two McChicken, <laughs> just sounds a whole lot better than a $55 steak. So much better. Does it, though? It sounds more convenient. Exactly. I don't know if it sounds better. Well, yeah, convenience, man. Like I said, when you're power drunk like the Nets are, that's just you want something convenient and quick and you're already out of it. So, Man, it's just yikes. I can see why the anger with the Drummond signing. Jade, is that buyout unnecessary? I don't think it's unnecessary. I think the Lakers needed help. I think the Lakers needed to make a move and they didn't make a move on the trade because they have nobody left to trade <laughs> that anybody wants. Right, so right. really their only option was to do something on the buyout market. And I, I think I'm less frustrated with the Lakers. Honestly, I think the Lakers needed it more than the Nets. The Lakers needed more help in the West than I the Nets agree. needed in the East. Oh, straight up with it. Uh, my only thing is Drummond is only 27 in mm-hmm. his prime. Yeah, The two other guys that the Nets got are real question marks. They are they could be real solid, but Drummond is in his prime all-star. So is, is that going to cause a bigger impact than uh, the Brooklyn signing, Jade? I think it has to. I think because I think when you look at the Lakers roster, the only guys you can really count on are AD and LeBron who have both had a lot of injuries of late. They haven't been available. Um, It looks like they're going to be available heading into the playoffs, fingers crossed for them. Um, But but okay. when you, when you look deeper into their, their, who's their third guy, who's their fourth guy, who's their fifth and sixth guys. Like, I think they needed a lot more help. So I think it's going to be a much bigger impact not just because Drummond is younger and in his prime. Also, this will be the first time he's ever played for a winning organization. This could be a turning point in his career after having spent time in Cleveland when they sucked and Detroit when they sucked. To be such a talented player and finally get to play in an organization that knows what they're doing, it's going to have a big impact on him as well as him on the team. For the Lakers, or for the Nets, I just don't think I mean, Aldridge is going to provide help. He's definitely, and and Brooklyn needs help off the bench. If if Aldridge is playing off the bench, I think that's that's going to help them because, yeah, he's getting up there and he's on the decline, but he's no slouch. Like he still puts up numbers night in. Oh yeah, he's he's still getting about fifteen. And granted, it's a very uh, not so efficient like 
right. 14, 15. But that's because they Spurs were trying to rely on him being a little bit more of a focal point. He's not going to be like that on the Nets. No, he's just going to be able, he's, you know, he's going to be that guy that you can put in and know exactly what you're going to get. But like this season, he's still averaging 13.7 points. Mm-hmm. He's averaging um, almost a block a game still. He's shooting 84% from the free throw line. He's shooting 51 per- 52% from the field. Uh, he's shooting 36% from three, which is on or about league average, I believe. I mean, especially for his size, I mean, I'll take 36%. You know, like if you if you know that he's got that and, and you've already got a team that, you know, you can rely on. And if you need a few minutes or you or those guys just need to get a breather and, you know, you've got a guy like that to put in. I mean, that's got to be a lot of security for them because, you know, in those trades, they they got the Nets traded away a lot of their bench. Um, Just I just came up with this now. Shay. Is this signing for like Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge similar to when they traded everyone for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, the Celtics? Like minus the trade aspect, but getting two Um, aging stars with it. I mean, I think that this has been a little bit more of a uh, juggle. Like, is that the right word? I don't know, but like a gamble, a gamble, not a juggle. Wow. There we go. Um, (laughs) I don't know what's going on in your head. Don't ask me. (laughs) Juggle? (laughs) Just because like where we're at with, again, Blake Griffin is like not like, come on. I I wouldn't know. I mean, that's not a good trade in my opinion. Um. I know he's been doing a little bit better and stuff, but I think it's just like chance for him. And uh, Aldridge, like, again, it's, it's a little bit different because like Kevin Garnett was, I mean, I don't want to talk bad about him ever because he doesn't deserve it. That's that's one of those anomalies that are gross. Yep. Wait, what'd you say? Gross is my word for the Nets, right? Every time I think of them, like gross. I just remember yeah. when I see Garnett in a Nets jersey, it's like when you see Patrick Ewing in a Sonics jersey. Or oh, when you see yeah. jersey that's or, not New York. Uh, yeah, or Hakeem <laughs> at Toronto Raptor jersey. Like it's one of those things where you look back and be like, oh wait, yeah, they played for that team for like a year. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but swinging back into this, uh Jade. Is this something that the league is going to look at right now? Because more more small market GMs are getting on Adam Silver's case about this. The fans are really voicing their opinions with it. Um, over the next few years, are we going to see a change maybe? I think we need to. Um, I've said all along that while the way sports leagues used to be where the players had no freedom was not okay – Anytime you start changing things, there you have a risk of, of overcorrecting. And yeah. I think that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, like, sure, it's great for those players to get to chase rings, but you're they're like you're damaging the whole league. And I don't care what you say, I don't care how you defend it. This is not good for the league as a whole. And at a certain point, it's gonna hit the bottom line in a way that all that freedom that the players have earned 
if, if once it gets to the point where they're abusing that freedom and that empowerment and damaging the sport, yeah. something's going to have to be done or what's going to be left. Finding a loophole in the system. You know, and they're uh, talking about expanding again. Like, you're going to expand to another couple small markets for teams to struggle and not be able to get players and not be able to um, compete for however many years because these big market teams get all the names just because they're big market teams. Like, I, I think at a certain point, something the NBA is going to have to find a way to bring things back into balance or at least keep them from getting any further out of balance than they are. Cause if, I mean, if everyone's so on board with the super team thing, then might as well just knock out to 20 teams instead then. So more, right. more super team. There's no like point having you, this. How can you support a league of 30 teams if only four are worth watching? Exactly. Um, so Shay, yeah. I want to hear your take. Is this going to be fixed or at least looked at over the next season, two, three now? Um, I think it'll definitely have to be addressed in some way, even if it's just like a statement or something. But I mean, I don't want to say too much just because like OKC is So I can't say that OKC is not going to be like a super team in itself. But it, it's going to be done in a different way, right? Like, we're not... Oh, straight up. Like, sure, we have... We'll probably have and stuff. But, like... So, I want to be careful what I say. Because, right? Like, not saying I love super teams. But, like, I'm also not going to hate when we have a little bit more than what we have right now. Because right now, my team is very... I mean, don't get me wrong. I like what we have. I'm still really sad about Diallo. Um, but three of our really good players were out last night. And it was just... It was hard to watch. So Well, the difference with OKC, I think, is that OKC is doing a long-term strategy. And if they get True. to be a super team out of that, that's different than just being like, yeah, we've got the money. Let's sign everyone because we can. Right. No, that's true. Sam like, Presti's too smart for that. That's different. It's the same thing with the Raptors. Like, I'm looking forward to the Raptors being better again, too. But we are never going to have the luxury of just being like, oh, Superstar wants a new home. We, we can take you. We want you. They want to come to us. Like, we are never going to have that. None of our teams are likely ever going to have that thing that the Knicks and the, the Nets and the L.A. teams have where people just want to go there. And if, if you're able to build as a small market team into a contender the way the Raptors did, the way, you know, uh, Minnesota's moving that way, yeah. the Thunder have picked for years. <laughs> you know, if you if you build yeah. it that way, to me that's different than, oh, we've got lots of money, we don't care about the salary cap, we, we're just going to sign everybody and just destroy everyone in our way. Like, it's just not good basketball. It's the OG Golden State way that they had. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, yeah. and Draymond Green were all drafted by them. Mm -hmm. And then Andre Iguodala was a quiet signing. And then after that, they won a title. Like, yeah. whenever I talk about, like, super teams or big threes, like, I've had people throw, what about Golden State? And I'm like, that's a bit of a different story. It yes. is different. Yes, the way... It's a different story because you're the ones picking the pieces. And Kevin, you are 100% correct. And you jumped to a, the end of the topic. So, I mean, I want to hear what you say later on. But, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, 
forgot where I was going with that. But I mean, we we've done a good chunk on that. I think we've we've uh, chatted around the cooler with that. So next topic. So the ring legacy, the thing that every player has strived for. That's what has caused the trend of ring chasing, or even the new uh, the new buyout trend that's going on. Um, is Shay, is this right now like every player going for a ring? Is it more? Is it more so they just don't want to be in the conversations like the Charles Barkley, Reggie Miller, uh, Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing, just those top stars where they'll be like, yeah, you had a phenomenal career, but, but you didn't get that ring. Yeah. Or is that why yeah. players are doing the super team primarily? Because I think I mean, of Montrez. Yes no, right? Like. Go. Uh, no, go. Uh, so, like, <laughs> the thing is, is, like, like, I think it depends because when it, the guys who are agreeing to do the super teams or who, like, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, um, minus Kevin Durant, he has a ring. Uh, uh, but those guys, like, yes, it's almost like a cheat code, right? Like, Straight up. you build a super team, you should get, like, a, a ring like a championship that works but then you have other guys like russell westbrook who want to lead a team together um in order yeah you want a ring right like who doesn't in the nba want a ring and i'm sure if you ask charles barkley like he probably hates that he didn't get one you know and all those guys, oh yeah like, so like but it's just like is it better to win it because you you did the cheat code or is it better to win it because like you had a team that like worked hard, persevered through through probably other super teams in the league or that kind of thing and earned it. And so I think that it comes back to that that story of like being the underdog and why like I know us we were rooting for the Heat last year, right? Because the Heat were the scrappy people we never thought was going to get all the way. And so it's different than having LeBron there for his like what million time like it's just not as exciting and so it's just it's that difference between like the the personalities i think i mean but yeah like who doesn't want to get a ring and who wants to be like the the butt of the joke once they retire and yeah they go into to whatever they do you know they're gonna end up being the butt of the joke for not getting a ring so mm -hmm. and, and we've and, seen it and like Barkley can take it in strides and stuff. Like he's just come to accept it. Right. Um, which I do kind of feel bad for him with that, where he's just had to deal with it for, for his entire time, yeah. like on TNT. Um, but Jade, say with the Lamarcus Aldridge buyout and signing, is this slightly different just because he is at the tail end of his career? And at this point, he's got nothing else to prove except get that ring. Is this a little bit of a different story? Because this could be almost kind of compared to as what David West did when he went to Golden State. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it for Aldridge because he has had a pretty phenomenal career. And he is definitely one of those guys that's going to go on that list of, you know, guys that did all this stuff you know, seven-time All-Star. He's a five-time All-NBA. He was Rookie of the Year. He was? 
Uh, sorry, all Ricky. Sorry. Just like, Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like I know he had a really good rookie season, but that doesn't sound right. <laughs> sorry, my bad, my bad. All rookie oh six oh seven. So like he's got a lot of those things, those ticks of accomplishments. But and and then to have played for San Antonio for the years that he did, and none of the, those years be the years they won. Yeah. That's, that's rough, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so like, that is rough. Um, um, for me, it's kind of one of those situations of if, if if I really put my feelings aside and think about it, it's don't hate the player, hate the game, because the game, the way that it's built, the way that the NBA is structured right now, they're not doing anything technically wrong. It sucks for basketball. It sucks for the fans. It sucks for small market teams, but. They haven't done anything wrong. This is some like yeah. slimy like loan shark that you meet in, like the basement of like some crappy apartment <laughs> complex and be like, "Hey Dino, can I get that three fifty from you?" And he just pulls out like a wad of cash and throws it down, <laughs> and you're all screwed for life with that. Um, but Shay, are rings and getting titles more important than ever? Compared to, like, say, like in the yes. '90s or in the would, '80s, it's it's a different world. That we're considering social media, which is the thing I think of when I think of like, oh, you know, we all are constantly sharing our achievements with each other, and so this, this idea of like openly roasting people is so much more. Uh, attainable for for everyone, including fans. So I would say yes, because if you were embarrassed about something or had like kind of not a great career in the the seventies, eighties, nineties, you just kind of disappeared, and it was fine. Like you went and was were an accountant or whatever. And nowadays, it's a whole different world because it's not just watching basketball at the end of the game. It's you know, we have constant access to replays so you screw up you mess up a game we just watch it on repeat on youtube you know? we saw that uh, with that the way that the portland okay well i'll ask you with this then jade <laughs> um just because whenever you hear people going to the hall of fame they'll look at like the the pedigree when you look at all the different accolades they have but if you don't see the ring that can sometimes bury all your accomplishments mm -hmm. like there are people that saying carmelo anthony's not a hall of famer that's ridiculous yeah well and the thing that a lot of people i think forget is that it's not the nba hall of fame it's, it's the basketball, basketball hall of fame. He's got an so NCAA title. That He's covers high school, that covers college. If you played international, it covers that. Gold medals and Olympics. Like, it's bigger than the – basketball is bigger than the NBA. And even though the NBA is the biggest game in town, it's still not the only game in town. And to I, I think if things continue this way where it's not competitive, it, like the way that we've been talking about, I think some of those other leagues are going to find more fans. Like, I was just thinking March Madness right now. And the NBA yes. has lost that thing that makes March Madness magical, which is that ability for an underdog to come from nowhere and win everything. 
That's why people tune in to March Madness. That's why, you know, more men get vasectomies the week before March Madness than any other time of the year. So they can stay. That's 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 true. It's 100 percent true. I don't want to ask how, you know, (laughs) it's some random thing that came up in uh, an article. I was I wrote. I I don't want to see your search history, Jade. Your Google (laughs) searches uh, must be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But March Madness has a magic about it that the NBA used to have a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it was never the same as college because college that that team that was like seated last in the bracket can come in and win the whole thing. That happens it's, sometimes. It's that one game. As long as you right. have one good game, that's all it takes. Right. And for the NBA, that's no longer a thing. Like you don't expect a lower seated team to get out of the East or to get out of the West. You can't. It's not. It's not realistic. It's not reasonable. And the thing I don't understand about these players is that like i'm a competitor how i win matters to me i don't i don't want to win just because i got to get all the best players that were available i mean it's nice to have it but i don't know like it's just it's not a competition anymore so what are you really winning a golden ring (laughs) <laughs> like the NBA's the NBA's essentially proposing to you. Seriously. <laughs> but now that we got Shay back, well, I think that's perfect I mean, time for us to switch to some NBA MVP coffee talk. Yeah. We'll be figuring out over everyone coffee talk. Okay. Um so coffee one talk. of the things I've been thinking of lately is so usually when taking into consideration of an MVP is also how many games they played because if you've missed so many games well if you played in a regular 82 game season if you played 50 games no you've missed half the season like that shouldn't count yeah but my thing is so since there's been so many great players missing a lot of time and it being a shortened season Shay, should it be held against them this much this MVP time around? Because like LeBron James, who's an MVP conversation, he's been out for a couple of weeks. Uh, Joel Embiid, he's been he was one of my front runners all season. Then he got that sprained knee, and so he's missing right. a couple of weeks. So should that be held against them? Because and then also some of them it's COVID. You can't control COVID. Right. Mm. Right. No, I think I think that it should be uh, adjusted to be, you know, understood. Like, you know, if we have a shortened season, of course that should be understood first and foremost. Like shortened season means that how long you're out, you know, for the MVP conversation kind of disqualifies you from it or whatnot. Like, nah, I think we should also reevaluate that. And then COVID protocol, I would say that that doesn't count towards it, especially because like we can't, we have to do that right now if you're not going to be in a bubble we have to be following that covid pro- protocol so i would say that if you've been out only for covid that that should definitely not count against you and i mean for the most part the star players haven't had to deal with that at least the ones that are in mvp right. co- considerations but regardless i mean something can still happen by the end of the season where it keeps them out um Jay, do you think it should be held up against them, or is that more case-by-case scenario? 
Like, overall, I hate the way MVP is picked anyways. I think it needs an overhaul, just kind of fundamentally. Um, I don't think, like Shay said, I don't think COVID, uh, missing games due to COVID and protocols should be held against them. I I mean, that's what averages are for, right? Let's use averages, because then it doesn't matter how many games were missed or played or whatever. Right. Everything washes out in an average. Um, I think it's interesting that we might get a new MVP. Like we might, we don't know for the first time in a minute who might be able to make that push at the end to become MVP. Because I think Embiid and LeBron, like you've mentioned, have missed too much time with injuries. Um, and I think if this was any other season, that would be considered. You take, you, you take that as part of the equation. Um, and then you've got other people who have played great, but their teams haven't quite aren't, aren't showing the same um, success that you would expect from the team that you name MVP. Uh, like, you know, Nikola Jokic is in the conversation, but it, is Denver's record really I, support that? Same with Damian Lillard. So it's, uh, it's, Joker's it's my top one. one. Sorry well, that I dropped out for a second. Well, Kevin's comment actually swings into perfectly what I have to say. The Joker, the dark horse for the MVP. Just a little Dark Knight reference there. Um, Shay, do you think he actually has a legit chance at the, where you just said it? Like, what is your thoughts on why he is the legit chance for MVP this year? Or Jade, how about you? <laughs> <laughs> so my thing about it is that and even though I don't necessarily agree with this but I am going to go by what the standard has been in the NBA in terms of talking about MVP and that has always included the team's record and right now the Nuggets are sitting at 28 and 18 they're only 609 but check um, Check where they are in the standings, because that They're Western fifth. Conference, fourth through ninth, is tight as hell. Well, it it yeah, uh, yeah, because the Lakers, well, even the Clippers, the Clippers are 16, uh, 32 and 16. They're four games back. Uh, between, uh, it's opened up a little bit because um, the Trailblazers and Nuggets are both seven games back of the Jazz. And then there's a bit of a drop-off where the Mavs are 10 and a half games, the Spurs are 11, the Grizzlies are 12, the Warriors are 12 and a half. Um, I, go Lakers ahead. are going to drop. Da yeah, they, they, I don't They're think gonna, they don't. I think yeah. every team that's below them now will be bumped up a spot. Yeah. Um. So, but Jay, or Shay, you said Joker is your choice for MVP? Yeah, yeah. I think he's just really carrying that team right now. I mean, again, at the beginning, Jamal Murray was not performing correctly. Uh, I say that because he was performing correctly um, and really magnificently in the bubble. So we were really confused by that. So Joker really had that team and he continues to carry it. He just like, it's so amazing to watch him play as a big man who kind of can do it all. Um, you know, also his averages just for the season 
Uh, let me get those back up. I think he's averaging around 28. No. Uh, yeah, so he's playing 35, a little almost 36 minutes a game. His uh, points are almost at 27 a game. Uh, and so, like, and his rebounds are at 11 a game. His assists are almost, uh, like, they're at 8.5. So I just, like, I think overall, like, he really does have potential to continue growing on that, too. Because I just, I don't know. He just, like, is someone that I really think needs to at least be in the conversation. Now, would he be, again, the dark horse of that? Yes, completely. I think that there are other guys that, like, are more likely to win that that title. But I think we really need to start giving, like, the Joker, like, just the the credit he deserves i think he's been left out of these conversations for a little while and so kind of like that he you know could be included this year um so jade is this Giannis's chance to de- be dethroned i think it definitely is um he he's just he's not having the kind of season he needs to have even just the dip in his shooting um his free throw shooting his like you i don't i just i don't think you can shoot the way he has shot a lot of this season and still think you deserve to be in the mvp conversation like he's shooting less than 70 percent from the free throw line how how can you be an mvp shooting less than 70 percent from the free throw line yep like even if you don't care about the other he's only shooting 30 percent from three He's shooting 60 per 62 percent from two. His effective field goal is 58. So that's you know, it's pretty good. He's averaging 28 points a game. You like that? 6.3 assists, 1.3 blocks. Like he's doing a lot of good work, but if you can't sink free throws, like that's a that's one of a few things for me that kind of disqualifies you from consideration on my list. You have to at least be shooting league average. And my thing with I so I've I have only watched like the broadcasted games on tel, like on national television, but the ones that I've watched haven't been impressed. I was just like, this isn't an MVP play. Like two of the games, he didn't even score twenty. Which players all have off nights? But like I was just like, man, these are national televised games. Like well, usually, these are the ones that you're like. Let's, and let's... that's the thing, right? If you're only seeing those two random games, what are the rest of the games like? You know, it, it stands to reason that you didn't see just two games that happened to be bad of the ones that you saw. And that's what I like. I didn't want to jump on that right away, but I was just like, I look at him and I'm like, it's like watching Shaq, except Shaq that could run. Yeah. I think, I think Giannis has had a disservice done to him by being drafted by Milwaukee and by staying in Milwaukee, I think in a different system, he would have developed more. Um, what, wait, don't tell me what system would he work great with the Raptors. That's one of them, but like the Mavericks, the heat, the Spurs, oh, the heat like, would be dangerous. There's a bunch of options that would have utilized him better than I think the Bucks would. Is this still the boon, boon effect? Uh, I, I'm I'm starting I'm beginning to see that it's not just Boonholder because the Bucks looked pretty incompetent yeah. during the offseason and, and free agency. Like they didn't look like they knew what they were doing. No. At all. Um but 
going back to top teams and what Kevin brought up towards the beginning of the episode, Utah. Utah is number one, and they get no love. They yeah. get no MVP chance going through their stadium. Like, um, why? I don't I don't well, understand. <laughs> I like, is it just because they are such a perfectly well-rounded team? Like, are they kind of like the 04 Pistons where they are such a perfectly formed team? Each piece works brilliantly together, but there's no MVP. So is that kind of why it's more of a system thing than any particular player? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Donovan Mitchell's averaging 26 points a game almost. And he's getting overlooked so much. This year he's get he's shooting 84 percent from the free throw line he's shooting 46 from the field almost 40 from three point and that the three points been getting better every single season every, for right him. so um and then you and then you get other people like um mike Connolly's having a ridiculous season for the jazz and you he's know what the sad in, thing is though this is probably not even his best season it's probably and not this, and he's this is his first time being an all-star. Yeah. He's averaging 16 points. He's shooting 42, almost 42 from three. Ooh, that's key. He's getting almost three assists for every turnover. That's insane. That's a great ratio. Right. And that that to me, those are the kinds of numbers that I think get left out of MVP conversations. Because if you take care of the ball that well. And then you're you're getting the ball to your teammates and and getting them set up to make buckets at that kind of rate. Like what happens to Donovan Mitchell's points and Rudy Gobert's points and whoever else if Connolly isn't there to be dropping all of those dimes all the time? I mean, when you I mean Detroit had like the the defensive big man with big uh with Big Ben Wallace and they got the mm-hmm. stifle tower with Rudy Gobert. Um, you have like the go-to guy at the end of the game with Shauncey Billups and Donovan Mitchell. You yep. have that key supporter that just runs around and shoots the ball like Mike Connolly. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have like the Rasheed Wallace big guy that kind of does it all in a combination of Joel Ingles and Derek Favors. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. We just really dissected that and we figured that one out pretty quick. Yeah. But- there. I'm like, I'm really. And the other thing about um, Connolly He's number three in the NBA in defensive rating and number one in net rating. Now, those are some deep cut numbers that do need to be looked at for. It's some of the few analytics that when I look at being like, ooh, these are still numbers that everyone needs. The turnover ratio, I think, is when it comes to a point guard, at least the best definition on, okay, how good are you at being a pass point guard? Right. Because that's hard. You know, yep. when, when we play fantasy basketball, we have all those ball handlers. We just kind of accept we're going to have a lot of turnovers. That's, you know, that's part of the deal. But to be able to to do three assists for every turnover, mm-hmm. that's really impressive. And Kevin, thank you for the reminder of Jordan Clarkson, who is the runaway sixth man of the year. There's no one off the bench coming better than him. The reason mm-hmm. why I know that, too, is because he has been a killer for my fantasy team. <laughs> I bet. He's averaging 17 points. Uh, let me see. His turnovers aren't bad. It's it's mainly yeah. the points. Um, well, that's what, when you look at for a sixth man, 
Yeah, that's that's all you want, right? You want points off the bench. Yep, you're, that's why, you are that's the, why Lou Williams has had it so many times. All he does. You are the guy that they just like, no, please, just shoot the ball. That's what mm-hmm. you want because we don't know what the best the rest of our second unit looks like when it comes right. to shooting. So if we have a guy that we for sure just be like, get a bucket, like that's all we want. Yep, Jordan Clarkson fits that thing perfectly. Well. I got one last question because it just came to mind right now as I just brain farted it. Um, Shay, as like we discussed, like Utah's like system being so great, and that's why they don't get the MVP chance necessarily. Is then Quinn Snyder up for coach of the year, then like a front runner for it? Mm. That's actually a really great question. I mean, I don't follow the jazz enough to where I can say yes or no. Uh, just because the jazz is like my least favorite team just in general. Um, really? But not saying it's not, well, divisional not rivals. Yeah, yeah, fair, divisional fair. Rivals, divisional rivals. So I don't like set out and like care about the jazz that much. I mean, I want like good things to come for Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want good things to come for him off the jazz. No offense, jazz fans, but that's how I feel about that. <laughs> the mic drop hot take of the night. <laughs> Jay, do you have Quinn Snyder being a front runner for uh Yeah, I mean, I think he has to be in the conversation. The the Jazz are 35 and 11. They are leading the league for their record. They nobody expected them to be there. Everybody still thought it was going to be the Lakers and the Clippers and the Nuggets. And, you know, those are reasonable guesses. Um, but once again, even and in last year, too, the Jazz did better than expected. And it's starting to feel a little bit like being a Raptors fan, I think, because there was a lot of years for us where it was like, how many years do we have to be really good before people realize we're just a good team? Mm-hmm. And I think the Jazz are getting to that point where They've been unexpectedly good for, and, and unexpectedly better than we thought right, they would right. be for a couple of seasons, two, three seasons in a row now. At a certain point, we have to just be like, like the Jazz are legit. And I think this playoff run is going to be very telling for them um, to see if they can, you know, get over that hump from last season. But I, I don't think you can have a team leading the league uh, in their record and having such a balanced performance, like we talked about in their roster until, you know, they get to their end of the bench guys and be in the Western conference and, and not consider the coaching went into it. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so, but Kevin, I going back to you with Jerry Sloan winning it. So out of the three, I'm kind of the historic NBA head. My thing is with Jerry Sloan, fantastic coach for 20 years with one team in Utah Jazz. I respect that man for it. When he had his opportune chance to win coaches of the year, he was going up against Phil Jackson. He was going up against Pat Riley. He was going up against George Carl in uh, Seattle at the time. He was going up against Rudy Tom. Tom Nanovich, I can't say his name, but he he won uh, titles with um, Houston. You had Greg Popovich coming in. So that's my one thing there, Kevin, is it's not that Jerry Sloan wasn't up to par. It's that the competition that he had to deal with for that position for Coach of the Year, much more he, difficult. 
is much more difficult. So that is my one thing. Jerry Sloan is top five coach of all time. But there's another thing, a side note, where coaches, where they don't get a ring, what affects them? Jerry Sloan's top five for wins all time. I think he might be top two. I mean, when you're top two wins of all time, actually the top two winners in Donnie Nelson and uh, Jerry Sloan don't have title wins. Hmm. And so, we don't bring that up. We don't bring that up when we talk about coaches' legacies. Exactly. We, we talk about players. But anywho, well, I think we had a pretty solid time today. I mean, despite Shay doing her best, like, uh, Houdini impressions and being like Shazam! I'm back. I'm doing what I can. I'm and you and we can. appreciate that every single second today. Every but, time. Hey, but like we, I said, the next two episodes I'll be in New York, so I have probably. Ew, ew. Okay. Well, so great takes today. Uh, we figured out if the buyouts are the new downtrodden to the NBA, uh, the ring chasing coming to a whole new level, and the MVP choices for the last stretch of the season. Also, a surprise appearance for coaches. Where do they stand with the ring situation? Um, before we get to the fast break, today's episode is presented by The Skin Store. For over 20 years, The Skin Store has been the number one destination for premium skincare, hair care, and beauty products. With over 8,000 different products from 300 brands, The Skin Store has you covered for all your hair, cosmetics, supplements, and of course, skin care needs. Find your favorite brands like Elta MD, New Face, Olaplex, and many more all in one place with gifts with every purchase. Right now, Skin Store is offering our listeners 20% off the next purchase by using the code POD. That's POD, so pod, <laughs> for 20% off your next purchase at theskinstore.com slash pod dot list. Skin Store. Have the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Exclusions may apply. Um, <laughs> so, fast break time where I ask three random questions, basketball related, of course, that Shay and Jade have no prior knowledge of, and I see if they can answer it for me. Okay, so first one, Shay, before your Wi-Fi goes out again. Uh, <laughs> right? Question. And this, I'm not going to give the answer until both of you have answered. Which okay. three players have every finals included? So they don't necessarily have to be on the same team, but three players that have been, at least one of them have been in every final since 2012. I'll start with you, Jade. Or Shay. LeBron. Three people or four? What did you say? It's three. It's three people. Three. So it's not necessarily all on the same team. But right. it's just that individual player was in the finals. Since 2012, yes. nine years? Yes. Do you want a hint? Wow. Do you want a hint? Yeah, I mean, LeBron still... Okay, three, three people, I will give you a hint. All superstars. Okay, LeBron. Um... <laughs> yeah. Um... Okay, so it's got to be someone from the Warriors because the Raptors and Warriors were in the final a few years back. But Steph was not in the finals last year, so it can't be him. 
Man, that I can't believe there are three players that have been in every final. We got one right so far. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else is like been in the finals against Golden State. Like that's like what I'm going through my head. Nine five. What? This is really hard. This is really hard. Um, Do you want me to give the answers? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> LeBron James. I'll take, we'll take one. <laughs> so we got LeBron James with Miami, Cleveland, and Los Angeles. Remember, right. Los Angeles was last year. Yeah. Steph Curry. He's been in. Uh, he's been one of the people. And the third player, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi was in three ah. finals throughout the mid throughout the 2010s. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because then he had your Toronto. So yeah, there you go. Nice. That was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, and this is also being a question that I'm going to let you both answer before I give the the real answer. Oh, so, no, Shay, one. which GM this year has said the NBA now appears to be somewhat unbalanced in large part of because the reward given for the three point being 50% more than a two is out of balance. And also this coach or this GM slash president has gone on record saying the league should make quarter th corner threes only 2.5 points. Really? So Shay, which Mark GM is Mark no, Cuban? No, I don't, I don't think Mark Cuban I would don't say know. that. I'm like, I have no idea. Like, these are hard questions today. You know, okay, I have a guess. Go for because it. Because I just, this particular GM to me says crazy shit <laughs> sometimes. Is it Daryl Morey? Ding, 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 ding. Is it? Ding. Yeah. Ah, I was like, you're, when I first saw that quote from him, I was like, man, you were the guy that was like the architect of doing that. Right, like you revived PJ Tucker's career. Everybody with that. else has figured it out too. It's a problem. Yeah, he's like, oh wait a minute, I thought this was just my thing. It's like, no, screw you. But yes, so Daryl Morey, I thought that was great. That's All never right. gonna happen. Oh, They're no. never gonna no. make corner threes worth two two and a, who's gonna have half points and like two come point on. Five. That's gonna cause so come many on. issues. So many issues <laughs> with points going. But, okay, last question. Jade, we'll start with you. So it's going to be a team uh, versus. So the 2019 Warriors in their prime. So Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and DeMarcus Cousins all in their prime. prime. Versus the 21 Nets with prime Kyrie, Harden, KD, Griffin, and Aldridge. Jade, who are you taking in a game to 21? Eee, that's hard. You know what? I have to take I have to take the Warriors because the Splash Brothers. If you're playing a 21 and you got guys that basically don't miss from three, I gotta go with that. I gotta go with the odds on that one. Shay, how about you? I mean, I'm tempted to go the other way just to go different, but <laughs> I was like, Warriors got this. They're just a smoother team. And yeah. I feel like they actually really like each other. And they grew uh, together, like we talked did. about earlier, right? Those guys and were both together or at 
to the same team, I should say. Both teams also right. have Kevin well, Durant, so there's no like, there's true. no advantage on that true. aspect of it. Out, right. True. Um, yeah. Then, I mean, Draymond Green is also Defensive Player of the Year, mm-hmm. and Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge have never been their forte is defense. So, right. and Boogie in his prime, one of the best offensive bigs in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a really yeah. difficult team to beat. I mean, yeah, that, I would like the Nets what? right now. Yeah. That would be, I'd take that. That would be a fun one. But okay, well, thanks for the takes today, there, ladies. Once again, always fun talks. Um, but just before we sign off today, just don't forget to follow us on all the social means. We got Facebook at Hardcourt Honeys, go on Twitter at HC Honeys, you go on Instagram, you're at Hardcourt Honeys. Um, and just check us out in our own personal social meds, which you can see now. I will. I actually have one that you guys can look me up now officially. So Yay. you want to send some love that way on Twitter. Maybe I might hit up some more stuff with it. Um, but you know what? Let's. We'll don't expect too much out of me. <laughs> I'm not shooting for the stars right now. We'll be lucky if you see a tweet from me every other day. Um, but before we. Any comments you guys have before we uh, give us an ado on the day? Uh, let's just get this season over with so we can go back to normal. Yeah. Damn. I want normal. You want for, us, for our teams, like, man, this has been rough. You guys so are just rough. going through what I go through every year, so I'm just like... <laughs> well, you're used to it. <laughs> you're used to it. We're not used to it yet. That's right. what every year I'll be like, oh, it's one of these seasons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just roll with it. It's one of these seasons. On that note, it's just one of those episodes. Peace. Bye. Bye.